Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name blah, 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 is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. Sorry, I'm just trying to type at the same time. Like uh, walking and chewing gum at the same time can be a little difficult for some people. Not you. Um, Not you. No, it's just 2022. I, I was just, well, almost. Almost. We were so close. And uh, I was talking with our guest, who's about to come on earlier, and... There's a lot that bad that happened in 2022, but there's a lot, also a lot of room for optimism. Yeah. Sorry, 2021. There's also a lot of room for optimism. So um, without further ado, why don't we bring our, our guest for the first half of the show, Dr. Mark Sherwood. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Joe. Hey, Max. Happy almost 2022. Absolutely. That's two of my favorite people doing. Are you guys good? We're good, good. Yeah. You good, Max? Yeah. Yeah, so far. Well, I, I got to tell you, Mark, I, I got to have you on the 24-hour yeah. um, deal, and that was awesome. I will tell you, doing 24 hours, it's like, it's like partying at night like we used to do way back in the day. You just can't do it anymore, and I certainly <laughs> can't do it anymore. 24 hours is a little tough. Well, I was honored to be there and support you guys. You know, as you all know, um, we're in this together, and I think that's been the – one of the cool things that I've learned during 2021 is who's on your team, you know, who's really in the fight with you, who's really got your back, who's really going to stand side by side and die on that hill with you. And so I'm honored to stand with you, man. And, um, and all the conservative daily family, it's, it's a pleasure. Well, it is definitely well, great I'm to have you on. Go ahead. Sorry, Max. No, it, it is great, and it's it's always great to have you on because it seems like when, when you come on, there's always lots of stuff to talk about, about COVID-19, the craziness. Yeah. PCR tests go away tomorrow. Talk to us about yeah. that because they finally admitted that the PCR tests cannot differentiate between COVID, the flu, the common cold, or influenza-like illnesses. Um, that, that's a huge admission. They also admitted that PCR tests can deliver a false positive 12 days after you are over the virus so you can be positive for up to 12 days after you have completely gotten better so yeah. um <laughs> all the numbers were made up just like we said the cases yeah. the deaths hospitalizations everything should have an asterisk just like barry bond's home run record because these <laughs> pcr tests these pcr tests were bogus the whole time yeah it's interesting so i think a little bit of um for our listeners to understand you know when you had those cycles throughput that sort of go past a certain number you know they're looking for smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller fragments of virus and this has been known for a while even by the inventor of the pcr test don't do that because you're going to eventually find something that's an inert piece of virus that we live with and so as my wife and i have said many many times we live symbiotic in the world with bacteria and viruses so this is a no-brainer um and i'm glad now, having said that, let us not forget the agenda of even the group that said that. The agenda is going to try to skew things for their favor. And I see this happening, and I would prognosticate this right now, that probably in the middle to late um, spring, maybe early summer, they'll probably say, oh, we, we were successful and we solved the pandemic. And at that point, they're trying to get the elections to kind of go back their direction. So everything has a motive and for us to think that the motives are going to be right a um, little bit naive from the group that's um, deceived us deceived the world so badly for the last nearly two years well and we remember we were coming out of 2021 or 2020 and we we're like oh 2021 it's going to be a great year yeah now we we have allowed i was you know i was talking to my wife when i was driving we were driving last night and I go, you know what the problem is with the radical left and this agenda? She goes, no. I go, 
they've taken away the innocence of our society. They've taken yeah. away joy. They've yeah. taken away the ability for us to truly have what I think is important. And that is just an everyday feeling of being able to connect with people without the divisive nature of what they've created. They have created an environment that makes life just terrible, terrible. Yeah. And there's no accountability. So you can't, it's not like you can get accountability for it that leads down to a path where you can get back to a calm society. We've allowed these people to take over our government. So what's happening here is that we're losing our ability to connect because we have a sinister look and outlook on life with the people we yeah. engage with. Yeah, we're at a place, Joe and Max, where um, reflection is good. I think at this point, you know, wisdom sort of comes from reflection and learning from that. I think at this point, if there's one thing that I'm clear about, one thing that I've probably learned is that um, now the enemy has been identified. And now, you know, we are no longer innocent, as you say. I agree with that. We're no longer, uh, we can no longer be naive, right? We're no longer the, the innocent children in a wonderful world. Now we see the stakes are so much higher and our children and our grandchildren are really uh, at risk right now. And this is what we're fighting for. And I, I think that now the blessing that I have is knowing, you know, um, where we are, who we are. And for me, and you guys know this as well, and I know it's the same for you. Um, I, I have a relationship with God and he knows who I am. And even in this New Year's time and even the Christmas season, you know, choosing to focus on him in the hardest of times is the really only answer we have. That's the really only the hope we have right there. And um, I think that my encouragement for people as we go into 2022 would be to recalibrate the focus. What's really important? You know, who's really important in your life? And make sure you tell everybody around you um, how much they mean to you and that you love them very much. And make sure, like, whoever you're talking to right now, like I'm talking to Joe and Max, Whoever you're talking to, make sure that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're the most important person in their world right now. And when we do that, we can share hope and we can share faith. We can share love. And in the midst of the storm, um, that right there is the only thing that will help us stand. It's the only thing that our feet can be planted on that's not going to move. Because as you identified, Joe, and you said it before, Max, the the world we live in is always shifting and always moving. And it seems to be shifting in the wrong direction, as we know. And, um, but we, as believers, have a chance to stand in a firm direction right now, right here. And we're not going to move. And so there is a, there's a lot of blessing with that and a lot of hope with that. No, there is. And there's a lot of hope. I've been, I've been trying to pump Joe up, get Joe a little optimistic. There's a lot of hope in the fact that not a single part of Joe Biden's agenda has passed. No immigration reform, no new legislation dealing with COVID lockdowns or restrictions, yeah. right? Uh, they, they haven't been able to pass it. It's been completely log jammed, which is, if you told me that was going to happen a year ago, I wouldn't have believed you. I said, oh, no, they're just going to ram it right through. They have the numbers. But um, so that's definitely, that's definitely a reason to be encouraged. Now, it doesn't mean that the fight is over. The fight's far from over. I mean, just today, the, the Pentagon announced that they have now released 206 Marines for refusing to get the COVID vaccine at yeah. a time when the military is also saying that the COVID-19 vaccine is not working. And there are huge outbreaks happening on Navy ships where they have 100 percent vaccination. So yeah. <laughs> the, the house of cards that they've built is, is crumbling down. They are removing people while simultaneously saying, oh, well, the thing we're, we're demanding that they get doesn't work. Um, so there's still a lot of work to be done. But it could yep. be so much worse. And obviously, that's not a reason necessarily to, to celebrate. But it really could be worse. And it would have been worse had it not been for all of us conservatives all around the country pushing back and fighting back. Yeah, even the people that you uh, noted that are trying to push the agenda that have failed. And I, I'm really glad about that. And I'm really uh, relieved that it didn't get passed. And it won't because we're going we're gonna to win. But... Even with that said, what I hope that people understand is us as conservatives are fighting for them too. 
even though they don't know, they don't understand, they don't comprehend, and they won't, we're fighting for them too, you know, and and I, I think that's a duty that we have, and it's an opportunity we have. It's like, how do you fight for someone that doesn't understand what you're even fighting for? But, yeah. man, that's what we're doing. And uh, I think that's just one of the most coolest um, revelations, observations that we have this year. And um, the victory is ours. It already has been done. It's already been won. We just got to walk in it. And um, you're right. The house of cards is starting to unravel. It will continue to, of course, we know, because evil's not going to stand. Evil's not going to win. Um, even when evil is perpetuated by a communist, Marxist, socialistic narrative that's so ingrained in that media-driven stuff, we still win, and I'm happy about that, you know, right? Yeah. So you're running for, for office, you're running for governor. governor in Oklahoma. Yeah. There, it was a recent poll that came out that showed that twenty only 21% of Republicans actually believe that Joe Biden won the election, which means that 79% of Republicans do not believe it and believe that there should have been a forensic audit. And yet around this country, I do not see 79% of GOP politicians advocating a forensic audit. It's, there's a huge disconnect there. So talk to us about you. You're, you're obviously, as I said, you're running for governor in Oklahoma. We were talking a little bit about the establishment before we came on. Yep. What are your observations? Because there is such a huge disconnect between the conservative grassroots and the people who claim to represent them. What are you seeing? In the race just in oklahoma as i've traveled and talked to a lot of people i'm seeing several things number one the people that um are truly grassroots conservative republicans are they're angry they're frustrated so it's an angry frustration they're tired of not being heard they're tired of their uh, uh politicians just being pol political and not being leaders not listening to them, not being about we the people but being about me the person and so but i've also seen a group of people and it's tragic that don't know what's going on they, they're generally conservative but they don't know what's going on because they're not tuned in to all the information the media has been censoring it so deeply and so they just think everything's fine and they believe it as is and in oklahoma specifically with the election we have 77 counties and all 77 voted uh, for president trump for example back in 2020 but I've talked to several election integrity experts and they clearly have shown me with beyond convincing any, any doubt that there has been some um, already infiltration into some of the major, more populous counties. And so what they're doing is that the strategy is they'll bring in groups of businesses that are very liberal, very left organizations, and they'll bring in a bunch of jobs. They'll redistrict and rezone to try to take a major county with major population and turn it into, into blue or purple for sure. And they try to get in there. It's like a little yeast in the whole loaf of bread. It's going to affect it. That's it's the like strategy. Austin. It's like Austin in Texas. <laughs> That's right. It's all about, it's about Austin, Texas. It's a great example. Now, what I want to do and what I'm going to do is once elected, I'm going to go in there and look at those major counties. And I want to pick out probably one to two. And I'll explain the strategy behind this because You've got to get some buy-in from grassroots with this. Because if you say, I'm going to audit the entire 77 counties, they're going to go, wait a minute, who's going to pay for that? Yeah. So if you take the major counties and you go ahead and do a great forensic audit with a canvas, and that's going to be an intense canvas because you have to go around door to door. You can't just count the fraudulent votes or not count the fraudulent votes. You need to know specifically how many fraudulent votes and how bad is it. Now, once you show that unequivocal proof, then you're going to go back and make that very public. You're going to say, well, now I want to do this county too. Then when you get two or three under your belt, people are going to go, time out a minute. I want this across the state. We're going to redo the whole process, the whole election process. And we have to go back to Crayolas and pen and paper with Governor Sherwood being there counting ballots with you. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to encourage all the churches to open up various precincts to make it more available where people don't have to drive and you're going to have to vote in person with an ID. Imagine that you can't Mark, just, yeah. So that's Mark, the plan that I, I have. Yeah. Why, why do you think that, um, you know, we, we need to talk about this HR one as we start talking about election fraud, because there's a great push. Max sent me a, a meme TikTok this morning that uh, went over, 
that went over TikTok. And about a week and a half ago, we had, I had somebody that is on the far left that I've had the opportunity to meet with because I do meet with, with people that are that I consider the opposition. Yeah. And I meet with them because I truly believe about. I, I truly have a heart for the inner city and for people that are most disadvantaged. I don't like people being used as useful idiots. And I think that in our country, yes. we have been used collectively as useful idiots. And you have a lot of political theater that happens on our side and a lot of controlled opposition. And I believe that controlled opposition is actually a pretty good big group of guys. I had my, my eyes open last night. I had a two, two and a half hour conversation with uh, Dr. Shiva last night and we were talking about election integrity what happened in maricopa county and i could not help after that two and a half hour conversation and all the other things that happened with this meeting i had two weeks ago look at myself and go as a country we are in really big trouble and we're in big trouble because they they've allowed us to to think that the voting matters while they select different people and they divvy it up like the gop and the and the democrats they divvy it up for, an, for the ability to move the country, I believe that yep. President Trump was sold up the river just as much by the, by the Republicans as he was the Democrats. Yep. Both Agreed. parties wanted them to be able to keep their position on the field. They wanted to be able to keep their grift going and the amount of money that they got. So, you know, they, they said that MLK was going to be a big day for there to be a spontaneous meeting in Washington, D.C., Right. And he goes, Joe, it's not spontaneous. We are planning for MLK Day to be a very violent and a very big day in Washington, D.C. if they do not pass H.R. 1. And now Max has this new video. And if they do H.R. 1 in federalized elections, we will never have another election again. This will be just like this will be just like China. It'll be just like Russia. We literally will be the pawns in their game. And they have learned that loose lips sink ships and they have learned to protect their own. But we are talking about organized crime, uh, crime at a level that is not even sustainable. And they would justify their behavior on being able to control the populace. But they have used chaos in order to do it. And, and frankly, I am deathly afraid of what's happening in the election deal. And I don't think that there's a way to come back from it from the standpoint of having mass riots on the, on the, on the American side. And, and basically yeah. saying, look, we're, I think we're closer to a civil war than we ever have been because of what they're doing with this HR1 and what they're doing. And all they had to do is what you just said. All they had to do is what you just said. Federalize yeah. the, the holiday for, for uh, um, voting, right? Yeah. And make sure people have the opportunity to vote, period. That's it, in person. And, and you have to have an ID. And if you don't get an ID, here's another simple way to fix it, right? Third way to fix it. Make IDs free. I mean, holy crap, yeah. we pay 52% on every dollar goes to the government for taxes. You don't own your house. You don't own your car. We have got to start talking about where we are as a country. And people are asleep yeah. at the wheel thinking it's $15 an hour that will solve the problem for the poor. No, proper education, giving them proper support, eradicating drugs, holding people responsible. It's not that difficult. Fixing this country is not that difficult. It's just not. No, I'm with you, Joe. The, the whole thing is, and, and I've... I've dealt with this as recently as yesterday. You know, as you know, in my state, there's a lot of Native Americans, right? And and it's a problem right now because they've been alienated so much by the, uh, the establishment in Oklahoma. But at the same time, they're so dependent upon the federal government. And this dependency, this whole deal that they we believe the federal government is supposed to take care of your food, your protection, and everything you need is a bogus, bogus place to be and that's exactly what's being created right now a dependence there and joe max the only thing that i think we can do the only hope we, ha we have to save this republic i believe is to have strong governors in a couple of states that step up so high utilizing every bit of constitutional advantage they have based upon the 10th amendment to push back and say you guys federal government you keep your money you keep your stuff you keep that those strings, and we don't want it, period. And we arm our people, and we allow them to stand up, and we say, federal government, who's your daddy? And I think we've got to get back to that point right now. And if we don't get back there, Joe, Max, we've already lost. It's, it's over. And I am convinced that that ability we have still is there, but we've got one shot at this thing right now. One shot. And if we miss this target... We have got 
nowhere to go at this point. And we've seen this from Ron DeSantis on one extreme. We've seen it from Gavin Newsom on the other, right? And so we know they're not messing with Newsom, but they're messing with DeSantis right now. We need more of the DeSantis-ish type of leadership plus. And when we do, we'll have a group of states that step up and we'll say, they'll say no more. And the federal government will have too much on their hands and uh, they won't be able to push back to that. We will win. Well, Mark, well, Mark if you become governor, you would gain control over the Oklahoma National Guard. And I don't think we've ever had a chance to ask you about this on the show. Yeah. But the current governor of Oklahoma has ordered um, the Oklahoma Guard not to enforce the vaccine mandate. Just two days ago, a, a judge said you can't do that. So it's going to be appealed. It's yeah. probably going to be appealed for a while. And, and, and if you win, you would you would take office somewhere in that yeah. appeals process. How would you handle this issue? Well, obviously, I would have handled it differently at the beginning because the, the trick is here to understand the National Guard is funded by the federal government, right? So the real answer is, are you going to push back to the federal government and tell them to keep their money? And then it becomes down to, can you arm the National Guard with your own resources, much like the militia? And I believe you can. And I believe that's the only real answer to push back because these troops who so graciously and honorably serve our country are being manipulated by the strings of an inept leadership, a clown in chief who has no idea how to fight. He has no idea of the sacrifice. The guy's grown up with a silver spoon in his mouth. He has no idea of what the common folk in the world is about. No idea. And so, you know, when, when I get there, yeah, it's going to be in the pills process. And I, I hope we win that ultimately. But I'm going to tell them straight up and make sure even the commander in charge knows straight up, I got your back. We're not going to do that. Dare them to take the money away. Dare them. And when well, you do, I don't think they've got balls yeah. to do it. I'm sorry. I just don't think I'm, they do. But here's the obviously other thing. it's a complicated process. How do you deal with the unfunded liabilities? How do you deal with all of these members of the Oklahoma National Guard having wanting to retire, right? I mean, th that's where a lot of the cost comes from. Obviously, you have to buy the guns, you have to buy the uniforms, fine. But at the end of the day, you're talking about tens of thousands of people. I don't actually know how many there are. I assume it's tens of thousands, yeah. if not over 100,000 people who want to retire, who want to be able to claim those benefits. That's where the biggest cost probably is long term. Um, obviously, it's, it's a thorny issue. And, and that's what the government loves to do. They love to say, here's money for your highways. Oh, by the way, you have to set your speed limit at a certain level. Otherwise we take the money away. They get you so dependent on the money that you don't yep. really know where to grab it. Have you thought at all about how to deal with the unfunded liability part of it? The, the, the pension and the retirement benefits. Yeah, I have Joe, Max. The, here's the thing. I know that most people that are in the emergency situations we're in right now, like our current governor, they won't take action at all they kind of stay in the middle because they don't have all the answers they in other words they want to stay in the middle because it's a safe place to do but i think we all understand that we need to take the first step in the right direction it's almost like abraham you know was given the command to go go that direction and we have to have a little bit of faith at this point to go that direction because i agree with you you know what if the federal government pulls back the retirement benefits but what if they don't, right? What if you push so hard that they don't? The right wait thing minute, to wait do wait is if push they push back, back if they if they pull back the retirement benefits, th there's a thing that happens in the military. What you do to one of us, do to all of us. That that's a real thing. You Bam, will see national go, guard Joe. across the entire country that says, "Look, my job is to protect my state. You yep. want to take away our benefits? The, by the way, we paid for those benefits. Yep. We paid for them in blood. In blood, that's we right. paid for them." And you're going to take away those benefits? You know what? F the federal government. And by the way, that money the federal government sends to us, that's our money anyway. That's money yep. that came from our people in our state. See, people get yeah, it see, wrong. They don't understand, Mark. They just don't understand. Uh, I, I completely agree with you because where one goes, all go. And military people, police officers, understand what you just said. I think like that, being former law enforcement. And I don't think that the federal government has, they don't know what they're dealing with when they're dealing with a the soldier. They don't know what they're dealing with when they deal with a the warrior. And they can threaten in all this mess, but 
at the end of the day, as we like to say, I don't think they've got the courage to do that. I don't think they do because it would be such a catastrophe that would destroy the whole defenses of the United States of America. And I don't think they can. I don't think they have the courage to do that. I don't. So I think we take one step in the right direction and we wait. One step in the right direction yields another step. And I don't portray to have all the answers, but I do have the courage to take us in the right direction, you know, to to save the uh, sovereignty of the states once again and to save these men and women's jobs and careers because I deal with it all the time. They call our office, you know, can you do anything? Can you write us an exemption? Can you do anything at all? And we try, we do, but everything's in such limbo now because nobody wants to take that step. And, uh, and I think we can. So I've talked to a, a few, we're almost out of time, Mark. I've talked to a few, yeah. uh, I call them more establishment types. And obviously there's a few people in Oklahoma who have yet to, um, to announce whether they want to run for governor or not. One of them is Steve Green, the president of Hobby Lobby. There's lots of rumors yep. circulating around him. What I, the, the people I've talked to, I'd love to get, give you a chance to respond to this. They say that they love you, that you are a great conservative, but they are concerned that you could end up splitting the vote and giving the giving the the nomination to someone who is yet to declare who is more of an establishment type. Obviously, it's a ridiculous argument because they haven't even declared. So why would you possibly drop out? But what is your response to people like that? Because that's something we always hear from the establishment Republicans whenever they get scared that their their power is going to be challenged by someone with power who is an actual conservative. What's your response to that argument? Well, two responses. Number one, I'm being obedient to the call of God in my life. I'm not going to apologize or back away from that. And number two, where God guides, there he provides. And I'm going to trust him to provide. I can't deal with what people, I, I can't change what people think or what they surmise. Look, politics have been screwed up for 50 years, at least. Completely messed up. And if we continue to do the same thing, we'll get the same results. I represent something completely different. I represent someone that's about we the people. And I have no care or concern about the establishment whatsoever. I, I don't dwell on them. I don't care about them. And frankly, they don't care about me. Now, having said that, I do love them and I will represent them very, very well. And in Oklahoma, like everywhere else, and I've heard those things too, you know, they've had people come to me and say, well, why don't you sit down and meet with Governor Stitt? I'm thinking about what? My question is, with him, does he want to stop abortion? No. Then what am I going to meet about? Why, why am I going to sit down with someone that allows murders in the state every day? And that's not a criticism of a character of a people. That's just a, that's an observation of leadership. And whether Mr. Green runs or not, I have no care about that at all. Because ultimately, I'm out here in the trenches dealing with people. And frankly, I don't see either one of them out here writing exemption letters and praying over people and crying with people and dealing with them while they're dying. I don't see that at all. I don't see them travel around the state. I see that everybody using their dollars, just dollars, and dollars don't impress me. Uh, a person doesn't impress me with how many dollars they have behind their, their, their name. A person impresses me by how they serve mankind. And nobody's going to outwork me. Nobody's going to serve me. So I, I just, um, I'm going to stay in my lane and do what I, do what I know is right and trust God to do uh, his part. Yeah, it's a, it's a great answer. I mean, they, they always bring this up and it's always the divide and conquer argument or the divide and conquer strategy yep. where, where they want you to vote for someone that you don't actually believe in by, yep. by telling you that if you vote for the person you believe in, you're going to do more harm than good. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see how that ever holds water, but they, they have pushed this for so long that people just assume it's right. Um, no, you, you vote for the person you, you believe in. You vote for the person who you think is going to do the best job. Um, damn the consequences, right? And the argument yep. that, that people that, that we're hearing from the establishment in Oklahoma, that people should vote for someone who doesn't actually represent their interests for fear of getting someone worse. In Oklahoma, a place where yep. you just said all 77 counties voted for Donald Trump, you start, you start to see the absurdity of the argument. This isn't a purple state. You don't have to risk a Democrat coming in. Like you could probably have a jungle, a jungle primary where you had like three Republicans against one Democrat and there'd still be a Republican in yeah. in the governor's mansion. <laughs> so yeah, oh yeah. it's it's interesting because they're obviously they're afraid and, and they don't yeah. 
they don't spend the time and the money because they've hired consultants to get this. Um, they, they don't spend the time and the money to push out this messaging unless they're actually afraid. So, so kudos for that. You have them, you have them shaking in their little booties. Thank you. It's good. It's good to be um, <laughs> uh, noticed, and it's good to create a little bit of panic and fear because that's, to me, I think that's a wonderful thing. We all saw what happened with Donald Trump in 2016. Same deal. We saw yeah, God's yeah. mighty hand at work, blew everybody's mind. We all sit there in front of that TV. We're like, what happened? Wow, this is crazy awesome. And look, my wife and I made the decision. We're in this together, and uh, we're one. And stepping up and being obedient is the victory, period. That's well, what we're about. I, I think that uh, another thing that we just I probably should just bring up right now, and that is that if we don't get rid of these voting machines, it's not gonna matter. They're gonna be able to select again. They, we saw them do it in Virginia. We saw it do it in California. We had an immense amount of people vote in Virginia. And, and frankly, yeah. the Virginia one's even more, more concerning because um, of the connections to the Carlisle group. And the fact that oh, Youngkin yeah. is, is just as, uh, you, you don't know if they wanted McAuliffe to win or they wanted Youngkin to win. I think the people wanted Youngkin to win, but in the polls he was up 12 points and he won by one and a half points. And it just shows you that they can cheat very, very, again, remember what I said before, a thousand votes on one side, thousand votes on the other. And then you have the ability on this to create phantom votes that it can be suspended and tied back to voters. If that was not the case, you would not have bloated, you would not have bloated records every single time there's an election. And the bloating right. has already started. So anyway, yeah. I, I'm for you, Mark. You, you have my support 150,000%. And But I do think that coming into the new year, 2022 is going to be an explosive year. And it's going to be an explosive year because I'm going to push people to action. I'm going to push people to say that during the primaries, there is no voting machines. There's no voting machines. There is no yeah. ESNS. There is no Dominion. There is no Smartmatic. And you know what? If you work for those companies, go find a new job because they should not exist. And you should not have a for-profit industry that is stealing the vote of the American people. And they could say whatever they want, but we saw what happened on 3rd of November. We saw it. And we saw what happened at Americopa and what happened at Mesa. And it doesn't matter what the Secretary of State's do and what these pieces of trash in government do. We know the election was stolen. We know it was stolen, and we even know how. And we have the, the proof. And so, Mark, to get you to win, yeah. we're going to have to step up, and we're going to have to take out these voting machines. It has to happen. Agreed. And, and I'm asking you to believe, man. Step up. Step up. That's the key word of the day right there. Yeah. We're going to switch right. over God to a four-way because we do have – no, Mark, you don't have to go. Oh. You can stay, Mark. Mark, can you stay? Uh, we, we're going to switch yeah, over I can. to a four – we're going to switch over to a four-screen, bring on April Moss. April, welcome to the show. Hey, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Great to see you guys. Great to see you, Dr. Mark. Good to see you too, April. Happy New Year almost to you. That's right. So April, we were, t we were talking with Mark. Mark, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. because I just want to make sure we got April on because she does have a heartbreak at the top of the hour. Go ahead, finish your thought. No, I was just saying, as we go into the new year, we need people to step up and just do more than they've ever done before and believe bigger than they've ever believed before and have more faith than they've ever had before. Uh, we have to believe for the impossible to occur. You know, I read in a wonderful book called the Bible, the basic instructions for leaving earth with God, all things are possible. And, and I'm going to claim that and believe that. And that's got to be our mantra as we go forward. So April, we've been talking with Mark about, about Oklahoma, because obviously he's running for governor there. And yeah. it, it's weird because it's a red state dealing with problems that we're also seeing in blue states. We're also seeing in, for example, in Michigan. Um, yeah. yeah. Last time we were on, you were on the show, we asked you about what was going on in Michigan uh, as it related to different parts of the COVID-19 stuff. It, it seems yeah. like it is getting worse there. What are you seeing on the ground? With cases. Yeah. You with know, cases I mean, with, with, with the overreaction to everything. Just yeah, totality. You know, I think the general feel from the public here is that, listen, life goes on. We need to keep moving on and moving forward. Um, I know that there's a lot of propaganda being pushed out from the health departments on, especially, you know, as a parent, as a mother of four children, you know, I'm seeing the attack that these health departments are putting on children and families with the, you know, make sure the kids are ready for back to school and make sure that they've already gotten their COVID shots and their boosters if they're eligible and that they've got their masks to go back into school. You know, 
to be honest, if you just read the comments underneath the health department's propaganda posts on social media, everyone's sick of it. They see right through it. You know, um, to be honest, the more stuff that comes down the pipeline every day from, um, you know, Whitmer, I think just recently, just this week, they announced that now they've made it a law for any person to teach children now in schools. You just have to have like 60 credit hours of college but um, or a high school degree. Um, but you could be a, a secretary, you could be and any type of staff person in the school is now going to be legally qualified to teach kids now because of the teacher shortage. And, you know, oh, come on, really? You <laughs> can't even like, get people to be taught. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I look at that and I say, how could any parents still want their kids in school today? They know that critical race theory is being taught. They know that um, now their child is not even going to have an actual uh, licensed teacher teaching them. And I mean, the only other thing I can think of is either they're afraid to homeschool, they're too afraid to think of the idea of that they could possibly even home educate their children. Um, but I, I, I just don't, it doesn't make sense to me why, you know, people are still have their kids in public school today. You know, um, and I will tell you, this is the exciting thing because I don't want to be so negative. We've got so much negative news all the time. I try to bring out a positive spin, but I'm talking to people across the country who are doing such amazing things with wanting to pull their kids out of public school and start their own school and um, with with certified teachers, right? And so the parents are just going to start funding their own school with their own values and all of it. That's what we need to see continuing to blow up. We're, we're seeing it happen in Texas. Um, I haven't heard of anybody doing it in Michigan yet, but I'm willing to, you know, help whoever wants to do that to guide them through that process. Um, but, you know, as far as what's going on in Michigan right now, I just interviewed last week John Gibbs. Um, are you guys familiar with him? He is running for Congress um, out name, of yeah. Michigan. He worked for Ben Carson um, under the Trump administration, and now he is um, running for Congress under uh, out of District 3, which is Peter Meyer's district in Michigan, which he was the very first thing that Peter Meyer did when yeah. he got into office. He's a Republican, was vote to impeach Trump. So... Yeah. Gibbs is running to um, unseat him here in Michigan. Um, he's a phenomenal man. I've got a great interview with him on my Face the Facts channel. It's also available on the Real America's Voice website if anybody wants to look at his policies and what he's doing. But as far as local politics here, it looks like what we need to do is we need to get Matt DiPerno in as attorney general. Um, he's running for attorney general. He's the constitutional attorney, right, that we all know so well for um, trying to fight this voter fraud, right? And then um, Christina Caramo running for Secretary of State here in Michigan to unseat Jocelyn Benson. And if we get John Gibbs in, I think, you know, again, it goes back to we have to get, uh, get rid of the voting machines and go back to paper balloting and, um, you know, getting all the counts in one day, no more mail-in ballots, right? If we can't fix those things, then yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the state of our uh, of Michigan moving forward. April, you talked about schooling, and that's something that yeah. we're seeing happening on the East Coast. It'll move west. It'll move into the into the heartland, but forcing kids to go back to e-learning, and I know first forcing them to go heart. back to learning from inside their homes. How can parents do that if they are working and they're back in the office? Yeah. It, it's it's a complete mess. But we can bring you in, Mark, because the early studies that I've seen on this have shown that, and even the experts are now agreeing that the lockdowns, the school closures, the e-learning has done more harm than good, without a doubt, mm -hmm. on children, on their psyche, on their ability to form social relationships. I mean, you have children who have now gone through their first two years of school who are conditioned to not even see people's faces. They are giving kids magazines in these uh, psychology studies and, and giving them crayons to see what they'll do. And they are drawing masks on people in magazines mm. because that's just how they how they are just so used to seeing. These are kindergartners, these are first graders. They are, when they draw, they draw masks on people. Mark, chime in. What do we do about yeah, that? Yeah, I agree with April. The, we need to deregulate 
the schools and redo the schools. I, I have the vision that I would say would be good for every state. We start to see a semblance of it in Texas. And I, I know that I've been involved with April in some homeschool uh, seminars. And there's a lot of great ideas out here that can be uh, given back to the parents, give the money back to the parents, let them do what they want to do. Uh, I want to see Christian schools pop up again. You mentioned what's the parent going to do when uh, little Johnny is not in public school. Well, there can be Christian schools pop up in the neighborhoods that are that are funded by that money and generated by the parents and the and we see that I see it as an entrepreneurial opportunity for many many people out there where those good teachers are going to have jobs. They're going to have opportunities once again. Do we know how it's all going to work? No. But is it the right way to go? Yes. And I think, as I was saying in segment one, we need to take the first step in those right directions. And when we take the first step, you know, have a little faith that the second step or the third step will be shown to us. But if we don't move and don't change, uh, concur with April, we're going the wrong direction fast. It's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. Right. So, so right. I want to tell I want to tell you guys something. We, we are playing from behind. We, we 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 tend to always play from behind, and we play defense. We don't play offense. And I'm going to say something that's going to be very controversial, and I hope that the radical left is actually listening when I say it. But what we're not considering is the complexity of the fact that parents pay, on the average, $9,400 a year out of their tax money, mostly coming from property tax, to go in to pay for these students. So they're double-dipping and having to pay for it. And you have the radical left, which is trying to stop and, and choke off the parents' ability to teach their kids truly teach our kids about opportunity. Now, I want, I want you to understand something. The radical left sends their kids to school not getting taught common core math. Th these elitists, they're, they're, those parents yeah. do not send their kids to schools that teach common core math. It doesn't happen. They, teach, they send their kids to school where they're being taught mathematics, science, English. They, they literally are this secret society while they watch the rest of the world burn. We have to burn it down completely. We have to stop funding it. We have to get to yep. the point, and I'm sorry, Mark, I'm just going to say it. There has to be a radical solution to wake up and shake the foundation of what we do as a nation. Because what we're doing right now by playing defense and saying we know what the radical left are, we know that they're liars, we know that they want HR1 so they can steal the rights of the American people, they want to make it less obvious that they're actually stealing elections and make it impossible for you to hold them accountable. If that is the case, and if we are playing defense... And if all the things you're saying about education are true, then our kids are truly being sat down with a gun to their head, and we are watching them as they slowly fire that bullet into their head to kill our children and kill future generations. And if that's the case, we're at war, we burn it down. Parents should not have to find ways around. They shouldn't have to find ways around how to take care of their children. They should not have to do that. That should not be the thing that they have to do. They shouldn't have to do that and give the government 52 cents on every dollar. I, I reject the idea that we have to go through this. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and I'll kick it back to April with this thought because we were talking about this in that conference recently, you know, in, in Tulsa. But the idea of this is to redo the whole darn thing. Redo the whole thing because it's not, it can't be modified. It's not going to be adjusted. We've got to redo the whole thing. And it means break it down. Rebuild it like you want. It's like a house that's not functional. Knock yes. the thing down, rebuild. And yeah, I, and, and there's a lot of talk yeah. too. I'm sorry, Joe. Do no, you no, go to... ahead. April, April, you're, you're the guest. Please go ahead. I, I was going to oh, get no. a little bit too much passion anyway. In it, so. <laughs> well, you know, just talking about some solutions here, right? Um, my husband was a principal of a um, private school last, about, last year, a year and a half ago. And when Trump was still in office, he invited these principals onto a phone call with him one day. And so I was able to listen in as well, of course, you know, wanted to hear what he had to say. One of the ideas that he had, and I think that this can be brought to the state level, of course, I think, again, we need to get the federal government out of what we're doing in our states. I mean, that was one of the big issues, I think, that um, was implemented under Bush, under the... Um, no Child Left Behind Act, which sounds like it's so great, but an implementation is not very helpful at all. Um, but basically, um, Trump was saying that what he would like to do is make it so that parents can take their tax dollars and instead of having it being funded to the local school systems where their child might not even go if they attend private school or they're homeschooling, and be able to use that money 
for whatever they would like. If they want to put that towards a voucher system, towards the private school of their choice, they can do that. If they want to form their own school, they can do that. If they want to use that for homeschooling, I mean, as a homeschool mom myself, I would love to be able to take my tax money and be able to give my kids some more, you know, buy them nicer computers or, you know, a, a 3D printing machine, right? These are all things that out of pocket, a lot of, and I think too, just talking to parents, homeschool parents, if they're homeschooling, they're already sacrificing. They're, they're, they're living on one income so that they can do this because it is a sacrifice to, to be able to be home with your child, to school them properly so you make sure that they're not being indoctrinated with, you know, Marxist teachings, right? And making sure that they're strong in their morality and who, the, who they are as a person. Um, it's a sacrifice to do that. Um, so a lot of these parents are living on one income. They're trying to do things as, as feasibly as possible and giving their child the best education experience. And um, I think that, that that would be great, Mark. You know, if there was something that you could do as uh, governor of Oklahoma where you can kind of give that money back to the parents. And then also I think the discussion, too, that a lot of people have brought up is, like, do we dissolve the Board of Education? Yes. Do we, do we you know what I mean? Like, do we, do we just completely dissolve that? Um, because it seems like now, I mean, I don't know if you guys, I, you guys have all heard about these porn, pornography books that are being placed into the school's libraries. I can't tell you how many parents have contacted me. I've done story after story on it. These parents, they find the books that are in the school libraries. It's absolutely, it's honestly, it's so disgustingly and, and shockingly disgusting, the content that's in these books, that it, nobody, no adult in their right mind would choose to read this type of material. Um, and, and that is something that was implemented by the Board of Education. Like when I was doing all my research for this, like how did these books get here? And you find out that the Board of Education approves all of this along with the school administration. And it's all under the guise of being equitable and making sure we have books for everybody. Well, I'm sorry, but no 12-year-old needs to know about things that are in X-rated X -rated content type of things that adults yeah. shouldn't even be looking at or reading they, about. April, they can't even read past the fifth grade reading level. And it's not just what they write in these, these books. It's the pictures. It's the things yep. that they put out there to basically incite and create I don't know, take away any sort of innocence to our society, which yep. we were just talking about before, and the fact that we're, yep. we're stripped back of the innocence, mm -hmm. the innocence that we have in our society of just having to be able to, to connect with people around us. Yeah. Well, Joe, did yeah, you it's hear an about... Indoctrination. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just saying, it's, a, it's an indoctrination of our world every single day in our children, and it's, it's changing our world towards this Marxist to communist society and parents have to push back. You know, April is a pushback specialist. We've got to push back and the parents have got to say, no, not on my watch. And the more parents that do that, you, when you pull the students out of that nonsensical Marxist agenda education, you pull them out of there and you start your own. And, and I'm with you. I'm going to do everything in my power. April as governor of Oklahoma to, mm -hmm put that money back in the parents' hand to do what they want to do and to give resources back to where the people that deserve those resources. It's a parent's job to train up the child in the way they should go. It's a parent's job to tell a child what they should be wearing and doing, listening to. Parents should be involved in these boards that are really making the rules, not politicians to not create equity. What's right is right and wrong is wrong. Truth is still truth and a lie is still a lie. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's it's very very true, and I've 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 read some of these books just to figure out what's going on, and it's disgusting. And yeah. like, if child pornography, possessing child pornography on your computer is a crime, and it is in every state, how is it not a crime for these quote unquote authors to be writing what amounts to child pornographic or erotica? I mean, it, it's. It's yeah. absurd. If it's illegal to have a video of a child committing a sex act, why is it legal to write a whole novel about nothing but that? It's disgusting. And you wonder, yeah, it goes through the school board. Are the school boards actually looking into these books, April? Because 
every time I've asked this question, the school board say, mm -hmm. oh, no, it just came recommended and we just kind of rubber stamped it. Are the school boards actually looking into what they're approving or are they just taking the recommendation from these left wing organizations that have given a, a blue ribbon award to this book and they're saying, oh, that that, that belongs in the library? W what's your finding on this, April? Well, so I we don't know the answer to that, but I will tell you that after doing all the digging, talking to school administration, they always back up and say, well, we have to be equitable. These are the words, the social justice buzzwords that they're using. And, you know, they're not giving parents answers and they're also not removing them from the school. Life. So um, it's very troubling. And in fact, when parents try to read these books out loud at the school board meetings to prove the point, like how it, Oh yeah, they say, oh, this is inappropriate. You shouldn't read this. And she's like, my point exactly. Why is it in the school for my 12 year old? And do you know that when the one um, school district in Colorado that I talked to specifically regarding this, and I said, why is this content even in a you know, school library? And the response I got from the media spokesperson for the superintendent said, well, it was the, it was the girl's choice to choose that book from the library. Nobody forced her to, to read that. And I said, excuse wow. me, the cover of the book looks like an innocent book like that any 10-year-old, 11-year-old girl would want to read. It had all like fun colored pictures yeah. on the front. You would never know that the content inside was was so erotic and, and you know, inappropriate. But um, that's the logic here. Like if you try to push back against the agenda, their, their default answer is, well, you know, it's not we're trying to be equitable and make sure that everybody has a safe place here. Yeah. So the whole mentality, the whole thinking is off. You, you know, I, I have a, I have a serious problem. I have a serious problem with the fact that as parents, we think that we can't do anything because we are the people of law and order. I, and look, I do not advocate for violence, but if somebody comes and puts a gun to my kid's head, I, I, I promise you someone's going on their neck, right? right. I, I promise you right. that I'm going to fight to the death for my child, right? That's not extreme. That is what is called honor. That is called honoring your family and doing what God wants you to do to protect your family. And what I see happening today with our children and what I see happening today in our society, we are fundamentally broken. We are broken at a, in a place that we can't come back from very easily. And it's going to take ripping the Band-Aid off Mm -hmm. and making a decision as a society that we are, we are not going to allow this diversity, inclusion, equity, whatever, the DEI of the world, or now it's the SEI, and you have the, the critical race theory. It just doesn't exist in our school. And parents are going to have to basically walk into the school and the library and be like, yep, yeah, taking that book, that book, that book, and walking out with the library books. And when the police come to arrest them, 500 parents need to show up at that courthouse and said, let the parent go or we're coming in after you. That is what has to happen. That is not an advocation for violence. That is telling them that there are consequences for you putting a gun to our kid's head. That is the consequence. And I got to tell you, Mark, April, you both are probably like, whoa, Joe is on fire. No, no. I, I am on no. fire. Because at some it's point, refreshing. at some point, let's talk to talk and walk to walk, right? Yeah. Let's quit talking. I have a major problem with the, the, the GOP. You just said, April, that came in, first thing they did is voted to impeach President Trump. You yeah. want to know why? Because the left and the right are identical, and they are literally negotiating with themselves on what part of the road that they get. They're negotiating mm -hmm. with themselves. We are an yeah. inconvenience to them. You know, we, are, we fund their ability to create evil on both sides of the aisle. I'm finished with it. I'm finished with it. And I think that everyone going into 2022 needs to understand, right? Put your big boy boots on, pick big girl boots on, and men, strap on those things that, that, that hang low, right? Because we have to get to the place where we restore order in our community. And I'm talking, that means tearing it all down. Just tearing it down. Tearing it down. Burn it down and start over. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know, well, Joe. April, and I mean... Yeah. Sorry, April. Go oh, sorry. Ahead. I was just going to say, April, I know, I know you have a hard break, so I don't want to make you late. Um, I want to give you the final yeah. word, and then we'll give Mark the final word as we wrap up the podcast. How can people find you? mentioned that you just have a, a huge interview with that um, co the congressional candidate challenging Meyer. Where can people find that again? 
Yes. So head over to Face the Facts with April Moss on Rumble, BitChute. Um, I, I also have a Telegram channel. So all of my social media handles are the same. It's at April Moss TV. Um, also on podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, Spotify, Apple. I'm on there as well. And then um, Real America's Voice, um, a correspondent for them and an investigative journalist for them. So a lot of my content is on their website as well. And uh, this coming week, uh, on Tuesday, I'll be interviewing the two vaccine-injured pilots that are um, leading the forefront of this um, lawsuit against the Biden administration and um, also involved with putting the FAA on notice that um, pilots are being injured by the vaccines and they're trying to stop these mandates from coming through. Um, so we'll be doing a great sit-down interview with Josh Yoder and those two injured pilots on Tuesday, and also interviewing Ben Carson next week and Mike Lindell. They are both going to be speaking at an event on January 8th down in Florida called the, I think it's called the Reawakening. Um, so we'll be talking about that too. I'll have more updates next week on that. Awesome. Hey, well, April. Thanks Thank so you guys so much for so joining much. us. Yeah, thanks, thanks you guys, April. and um, happy new year to you all. Hey, happy new year to you. Happy 2022 is going to be explosive. <laughs> Can't wait. All right. So, Mark, almost out of time. I want to give you a final word, too. How can people donate to your campaign? I know you said that you, you I think, believe you said in the past, you're not asking for a ton of donations, but the realities of politics, you need donations to, to win this fight. How can people find you and, and donate to your campaign? Yeah, they can go to Sherwood 2022. That's an app. That's the best way to do it. Share that app right now. Go get it. It's the way we share information. We're being censored all around the, the, the planet right now. But that app is still a wonderful way to communicate. You can give right on the app. Again, it's easy to find. It's got all of our platform stances on there. And, and look, I appreciate you guys so much. I appreciate April Moss and uh, give honor where honors due, of course. And um, we've got to come out with a haymaker. I echo what you said, Joe. We're getting our butt kicked. It's time to fight back, and we cannot be cowardice anymore. Honor is not is is not even being recognized. Honor is being sort of tricked around like you're like you're dishonoring, but it's it's not right. Honor means you fight for what you believe needs to be defended, and so I'm all about that. And I I, I appreciate you guys so very much. I appreciate you, Mark. God bless you, and have a great new year. Give Michelle our best, and um, I hope you just have a great new year. I know that I'm going to just relax into the new year because I know next year is going to be a bigger fight than it was in 2021. It reminds me of all the battles we had when we took back civility, took back our country. Um, going back to the Civil War is that it was, a, it, was a, it was a slow boil for a couple years, and that's what we're at right now. We're going into 2022 with the radical left and the evil of our country trying to basically destroy everything that we stand for. So I am going to tell you that the commitment for 2022 has to be, you know what, you can't fix the 3rd November 2020. You're telling us we got to go forward. Okay, get rid of the machines. The machines go. And they go now. You want to see, you want to fight for this HR1 deal and, and you want to federalize elections? No. We get rid of the voting machines. We're done talking about it. I want everyone out there that's inside of the movement for accountability in our country, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, it doesn't matter. If it can be stolen one way, it can be stolen another. This is all for political theater. And so we have to get down to the fact that these machines and these companies are designed to defraud the American people. And so if you're at a local level, if you're at a precinct level, and if you have these machines and you're sitting here saying that that, you know, oh, they're safe and, and secure. They're not safe and secure. And we as a community need to organize up and get rid of the machines. Machines have to go, period. It's not even up for debate, debate anymore. It's not up for debate. We're not, ha we're not having any sort of compromise. The machines have to go, and we have to get to a place where the people can, we can restore, we can restore confidence in the American people that the right person that represents the interest in every community is being elected, period. Yeah. Well said. Well, thank Love you, you guys. So much. Appreciate you all very much. Right. Love you, Mark. Thanks, thank man. you so much for joining us, Mark. Have a happy new year. Nice. Well, we are almost out of time. I know that we, it's easy to get caught up in the bad news, but I want to just give you, Joe, a couple of things that we finally had the left admit this week alone. They admit yeah. that cloth, cloth masks don't work, that PCR tests are unreliable, that the 10 day quarantine was, was, 
too much all along, and now it can just be arbitrarily cut to five days. And Joe Biden admitted that there's no federal solution to beat COVID-19, essentially invalidating the legal argument for everything he has mandated or required. Um, so obviously they're doing this to shift the narrative in their direction so they can't be blamed for things. But a lot of admissions that we have been making for uh, arguments that we've been making for a long time, they're finally confessing to. Um, so there's a lot to be hopeful for. We are winning this fight. It's going to take a lot more from all of us, but we are the momentum is on our side. Yeah, they're, they're well, going into 2022 backed into a corner. No, they're not backed into a corner. They're not backed into the corner until we actually annihilate what's happening on the radical left. They want us to come back and be calm and say, oh, let's give them wins. They are doing this on purpose. They're doing all of this on purpose. We have January 6 prisoners that are still being mistreated in Washington, D.C. for misdemeanors. They're being held for misdemeanors, for going to the Capitol and regret redressing their grievances. I, I am done having a conversation with people about, oh, we should just sit back and watch it happen. No, we shouldn't. No, we shouldn't. They came for our jobs. They came for our children. They came for our country. They came for our voting. They've come for everything. And they've taken our money. And they've given it out to other countries. They've opened our borders. They've, they've let our women get raped and our kids get killed. We've had enough. And if you haven't had enough, I don't know what to say to you. And by the way, this is passion. This is not anger. This is passion. You want to see angry? Angry is what happens when you actually physically attack someone that I love. I love this country, and I'm passionate about the fact that we need to save our nation. But the radical left knows no ends. They will stand behind people who literally are some of the biggest scumbags on the planet that would, that would literally rape their own wife and then write stories about it. That's the person that they revere. And i got to tell you, Max, I've had enough. I've had enough. So 2022 is going to be explosive because I'm going to tell people it's time to go to the action. It's time to go to the mat. Right, And I don't really care what they say on the radical left. I could care less. They, they've done their worst. They've done their worst. Now we will do ours to take back our country, take back our community, and put our kids in a place where they can have an adequate re uh, education. Not just the kids in the, in, the, in the suburbs, but the kids in the inner city that deserve opportunity, that you say that they represent, but they don't. They sell them out and they betray them every single day, twice on Sunday. And then they go to the teachers and they say, kids, we need to give everybody the right to vote. Create this TikTok video and tell them that you're going to go on hunger strikes and we're going to go to D.C. and we're going to just go to the street again. Go to the street. We'll meet you in the street. We will meet you in the street. And frankly, violence begets violence. I do not advocate for violence. But I will tell you right now, we are finished. We have had two years of hell because of these radical leftist pieces of trash and we're finished. And I know parents that are freaking finished. Loudoun County is a perfect example of parents saying, you pieces of trash are done. So you, you know, they didn't just give up the PRC. We've had enough. We've had enough. Now we just need to find our God courage, step in the middle, step in the middle together. And all the people that are, that are opposition from us, all the people that say they're for us, that walk into Congress and say, let's impeach President Trump, that, that stand against the interests of the American people, we, we're going to identify you in 2022, and we're going to come after you. We're not going to split the movement. We're not splitting the movement. We're going to hold you accountable. And frankly, I don't care if you're for the left. I don't care. You start doing and you start leading, or I will start attacking you, and I will start holding you accountable. You, you think Lynn Wood was bad? You think that these guys out there that are screaming and yelling about the fact of what's happening in our country? No, no, no. I'm done with the petty bullshit, and we're going to get back to reality, and that is staying the course and getting to the end zone. And when I see one of those, when I see one of those muskets actually turn towards someone on our team, God help you because he's the only one that can. That's all I got, Max. Happy New Year in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fired up, but I just want you to know God is in control. He truly is in control. But, but there, there is a scripture that says, faith without works is dead. You cannot have faith in God and not stand at the front of the line and actually do God's work. And you got to protect our children. And if that is the only focus you have going into 2022 is to protect our children, that will be enough because that will lead you to get after the problem. And the problem is the people in government who are raping you and enslaving you towards something that is just not true. It's not true. And it's not right, and it's destroying everything that's good about this nation, and it's time that we get rid of it. And we stand up while we watch other people around the world stand up. They're standing up for us, waiting for us. Now it's time for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. So a, a couple of housekeeping things towards the end. This podcast is sponsored by the Conservative Daily Store. Make sure you check it out. I am wearing one of the shirts, the In Dire Distress t-shirt. I believe the best-selling t-shirt of the year. So head over to store.conservative-daily.com and pick up your In Dire Distress t-shirt. You're only supposed to wear the American flag, fly the American flag upside down when you're in dire distress. And we are as a nation. So pick it up today at store.conservative-daily.com. Second of all, um, I know we have big plans for next week with guests. I will be off the podcast next week. Um, I'll, I'll try to call in a couple times, but it's going to be Joe and the guys holding down the fort. So I wish everyone a great New Year's, and I will see you on the other side when La- I get back. Last thing that I'm going to do, and if you could share this, is that going into 2022, I am going to ask for a couple things. One, I'm a board member on Fight Back. I'm proud of that opportunity that I've been given, and I'm going to work hard to fight against the injustices that we have. FEC, we had a 24-hour uh, uh, thon um, and uh, raised uh, nearly $100,000. I just want to thank you right now for that. Um, we are going into 2022 with a very, very big stretch goal of, uh, of getting to a $3 million um, uh, uh, donation for the, it is 501c3. But there are two other things that I'm going to ask you for. One, uh, we're going to send out something for Fight Back. And two, I'm $440,000 into legal fees for this piece of trash, Eric Coomer. So if you can support us, it's out of give, send, go. Uh, I'm going to ask a lot of the other um, influencers out there if they can help support it as well and get their their uh, people to support it. I just got another bill for another seventy five or eighty thousand dollars, and um, you know it's debilitating. And you know I'm not President Trump coming out there saying, "I'll oh, just give you another five dollars, get another three dollars, and sending it out every day." Uh, and I I don't come back to you and say, "Hey, help us." But you know we're under attack. We're under attack, and you can help in a lot of ways. And helping us kind of get to the place where it's not financially burdensome would be would be uh, would be a blessing yeah so make sure you, you check that link that link is in the description um well that's gonna be it for this edition of the podcast the last episode of the podcast in 2021 um if you haven't oh my son has now come in hey max you want to come on you want to say hi to everyone he's getting he's getting so big um that is it for this edition of the podcast <laughs> That's it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio edition. That's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Um, if you can, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review so we can climb up in those rankings. We are climbing up, but we need your help. And a five-star review and a subscription is the easiest way to do that. We go live normally 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. So tune in for that. And if you need a little reminder, you can text the word FREEDOM, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 89517 you'll get added to our text alert system and you'll get a text message telling you what we're talking about and then how when and where you can watch check out all the sponsor uh links in the description that's going to be it for this episode again the last episode of 2021 my name is max mcguire my name is joe oltman and remember everyone the fight to take back our country is not over yet but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together happy new year